This week's parsha is Parshas Vayera, and one of the mitzvahs chashuvahs that we learned from Avraham Avinu in this week's parsha is the mitzvah of Achnasas Arkim. We know that Avraham Avinu had a very famous tent, and the tent had four doors to it, one on each side, so that Avraham Avinu would be able to invite every single Eiver Veshav, every single wayfarer from any direction would be eagerly invited into the tent of Avraham Avinu. Chazal tell us on the fact that the Torah says, Eshel Avram, it's a medrash, it's a Rashi brings in a Masech Saita that Eshel is Rashi Tevis of Achila, Shtia, and Levaya. Which means that in this Eshel of Avram, this lodge, this inn of Avram Avinu, he specialized in three parts of a mitzvah of Achnasah which serve as the template for our mitzvah of Achnasah and that's the mitzvah of Achila, feeding our guests when they come into our home. Shtia is giving them what to drink. And finally, Levaya, which is escorting them out of our home once the meal is complete. If one were to ask me what I felt was the most important component of this mitzvah out of the three, I would say, Pashtas, it's the Achila. Maybe the Achila slash Shtia. Achila is basically what you're providing for the guest. The guest comes to your house. He, he's hungry, he's thirsty, he wants a good meal. And so you bring him into your house and you provide for him. The mitzvah is called Hachnasas Archem. We're bringing the Iraq into our house. We're serving him. We're giving him food. We're giving him what to drink. And so Pashtas, that is the mitzvah, the main part of the mitzvah is Hachnasas Archem. The mission at the beginning of Mesech Azpeya says, Elu Devar Mesheim Shir. And then it says, Ubiker Chaylem Achnasas Archem. The mitzvah of Achnasas Archem is the way that Chazal defined the mitzvah, which is to invite an Ireach into our homes and to take care of that Ireach. The mitzvah of Levaya, that final component of the mitzvah, although it's obviously a major part of the mitzvah, it doesn't seem to be the primary part of the mitzvah, sort of like an afterthought. Like, yeah, once he's finished, enjoying your home, then it's a nice thing, like a nice courtesy to walk him out. That's the polite way that a person of Alabias would behave. You walk the man out of your house or you make sure that the person is well on his way and then uh, that's the end of the mitzvah. But that's not the main part of the mitzvah. The main part of the mitzvah is being machnes leireach into your house. The fact that what you do after the meal is over, that seems to be not as important a deal as, as the first two parts of the Eshel of Avram. And the strange thing is that we find that that's not so. The Rambam writes in Hilchas Avel, Perak Yudalad Halacha Aleph, that mitzvah haseishel divreim levakir chaylem ulalavais ha'archem. The Rambam expresses the mitzvah Achnasas Archem not as Achnasas Archem. He describes it as a mitzvah of Lelavais Ha'archem. To be Malava the Ireach, to escort the Ireach outside of your house after you have finished welcoming him in. And then if you look weiter in Halacha Bez, the Rambam continues and he says, Schar ha-levoyo meruba min The schar of being malavish somebody is greater than all of the other mitzvahs of Hachlas HaSarchem. V'u'achayk she'chakakay Avram Avinu. This is the chayk, this is what Avram Avinu etched into stone. When he shows us the way, as he always does, he paves the way of chesed for us to follow. He was Chakak. He was the one that engraved for all times that the mitzvah of Levaya is key and it's primary. V'derech ha-chesed shenagba. Machil oivrei tirochim. All of the people on the road he would give to eat. Umashka and then he would give them to drink. 
and then he would escort them out. And then the Rambam continues, The fact that he was malava them outside of his house, outside of his tent, is greater than the fact that he invited them into his tent. And the Rambam continues and says, The same way that we enforce that people must give tzedakah if the person is not forthcoming with his donations to charity. Best in is kaifa him to do so. They coerce him to do it. So that's the way we're coercing people to the Malaba people after the Mitzvah. You see that the Rambam emphasizes beyond all of the other components of the Mitzvah of the Mitzvah of Levaya is critical. And it's primary, more so than everything else. And it seems to be so, like, backwards. It doesn't seem to make any sense. The mitzvah nasas archem is if you ask anyone on the street, you bring a person in, you find the person needs a meal, and you give him to eat, give him to drink, make him feel good about himself. And then that's the mitzvah. Okay, afterwards you escort him out. That's nice, but that's just sort of like the end of the mitzvah. That's like the, you know, an afterthought. But that's not the main mitzvah. But yet the Rambam goes and says, no, no, no. The mitzvah is when he's supposed to leave the house. When you leave the house, that's the kiyam, that's the main kiyam of the mitzvah. That's the main critical component of the mitzvah of achnasasarachim. Yeah, you're Michael and you're Mashkin, that's very nice. But malabahim, oh, that's the mitzvah, that's the chayk that Avram Avinu was chokat for us. In the parasha we find that Avram Avinu, the Avram Hoylech Imam Lashalcham, Avram Avinu escorts them out. That's the main mitzvah. Why is that the main mitzvah? It seems to be so like not the main mitzvah. It seems to be so against the against logic that the main mitzvah is the levaya afterwards. It's more than the more than the mitzvah of bringing people in and giving them to eat and drink. And I'll ask you another question. This is a question that's been bothering me for many many years. It's a story that's told about the Vilna Gain. The Vilna Gain had a person that lived in a city and um, he was a very wealthy man. And he was Machnis Eirach all the time. He was a tremendous inviter of guests. And he invited Yeshiva Bachrim and he invited Balabatim, he invited friends, he invited poor people, rich people, everybody. His house was known. It just had like an open door policy. Anyone that wanted to come into this rich man's house was invited. And one day, of all people in the town to suffer a devastation, this man had a fire in his home and his home burned down to the ground. And people were very confused. How does such a thing happen? How of all people, he used his house for so much good. He was a person that was constantly inviting people and giving them to eat and to drink. How is it, Shaykh, that this person should suffer such a terrible misfortune? And they went, of course, to the Urim Mitumim, to the Vilna Gain, and they asked him, Rabbi Yelamdeinu Rabbeinu, how is it, Shaykh, that this man should suffer such a tragedy in his house? He was such a machnesayrach. And the Vilna Gain says, let me ask you a question. He gave people to eat? Yeah, oh my gosh, you should see what he used to give. Unbelievable steaks and, and, and salmon and fish and everything. Soda, drinks, schnapps, whatever you want. He gave it. He had me a He says, what about Levoy? After you were done, was he malava you outside of his house? And they start scratching their heads and they say, no, we don't remember that ever happening. He was good with the Achil Ashtia department, but the Levaya never did. And the Vilna Gain says, well, now I understand why his home was not protected from this terrible fire. He says, we see that Avram Avinu had an Eshel Avram. Eshel is Rashi Tevis Achila Ashtia and Levaya. If you do all those things, then you have an Eshel. But if you only do Achila and Shtia, and you don't do Levaya, then you're left with what? You're left with Esh. And that's why he was not protected from the fire. Now, this 
story always bothered me. It's a great story in the sense that it makes sense, it's cool, it's ace, it's fire, it's, but what does that mean? Laman Hashem, this guy gave, uh, he gave Achila Shia He was such a generous person, a wonderful human being. He had a good heart. He gave people to eat and to drink. Okay, so he wasn't Malavan and Madad House. For that, he deserves to be like indicted. Is Levaya such an important part of the mitzvah that it's like Ki'ilo? All right, so, you know, two out of three ain't bad. He did Achila and Shia. So Levaya, he blew. Okay, he blew it. So for that, he deserves that his house has to burn down. For that, we have to like say he's a, you know, he, he, it's Ki'il, like the whole mitzvah flipped over and it's not even a mitzvah. Isn't it a partial mitzvah? The Ram doesn't say that Levaya is the only mitzvah. There's Achil, there's a Shia. Levaya is the main part of the mitzvah for whatever reason. But to say that there's no mitzvah, or like it's Ki'il, there's no mitzvah, that his house couldn't be protected from Ish and the Achil and Shia sort of even seem to have worked against him because he didn't have Levaya. These are very difficult questions to grapple with. How does this work? What's going on over here? What's the main thing? What's so important about Levaya, first of all? And second of all, why is it so important that it seems that the Achil and Shia are really almost worthless without it? What I wanted to say, in order to explain this mitzvah of Levaya, is as follows. A person, when you have a home, and you have a schus to be machnis archem into your home, it's a very exciting thing. It's very exciting. Many people, new chasanim and new kalas, they look forward to that. Some people say, you know, when I ask them, you know, people come to me sometimes, I don't know if I'm, you know, ready to get married or not, but I really want to get married. I said, why do you want to get married? It's because I want to be like a bala boss. I want to, like, have people around my Shabbos table. I want to be able to sing zmiras together, have, like, a, a, a unit of a family. I want to be able to have people over and to... You know, my wife should cook for them, and I should be able to make Kiddush, and I should be able to serve them. It's Kishmak. And indeed it is. It's a very nice thing when you're married and you have a family, or even if you're not married, let's say you're a bacher in yeshiva, and you, you, know, you invite people to yeshiva to come and join in your suda and in your room. You know it's a good feeling to be able to have guests come, and you're the bow of us. And you're the person that are, that's generously inviting them and taking them in and taking care of them. It feels good. It feels good. But very often, that really is a selfish endeavor. Because if you examine really why you're being Mach why am I inviting these people? Am I inviting them because I really want them to have a square meal and to and to have a warm home? Or am I inviting them for my own personal covet? Have a whole table full of Arkham and they're singing Zeris and I get to point to people who, who will say Vartaira and people get to compliment us on how beautiful our home is and my wife gets to show off her new cooking and, and, and you know, different recipes and desserts and ooh and ah. It's very gishmak for a Balabayas very often to be machnis Arkham into his home. There's a story that's told about Rav Shach. That Rav Shach, when he was a buffer in yeshiva, they didn't have, like we have, a dining room with a kitchen with meal mart and muzzon and all the food coming in. You had to go out to different people's houses, and that's where you'd eat throughout the meal, throughout the week, and also on Shabbos. And so Rav Shach says that he remembers as a buffer, he would go to somebody's home, and, you know, the guy would make kiddush, and then he would, uh, they'd get a piece of challah, and then they were starving. These boys, you know, in yeshiva, they didn't have, you know, Benji's and, and, and Shimon's and all these pizza stores and things to go and fill up on and, Arab and Shabbos. And, you know, and then you come into Shabbos, you, you know, you're not really that hungry. They were starving. And they wanted to eat. And this fellow boss, 
was singing one zemre after another, and you know, it was like just like going on and on. And these boys were like, "Oh my gosh, we're starving. We need something to eat." And he just, you know, he was, had all these boys over, and he was like singing for them, and they were like really getting annoyed, but they didn't say anything. And this person's wife comes into the dining room. She looks around the table. She sees exactly what's happening, and she starts screaming at her husband. She says, "Do you think?" that these Bakram came to hear you sing? They came to get some food. They came to get a meal. And Rav Shach would always say over this story as, you know, as a, a cautionary tale on how not to be Machnas Eirach. Machnas is not having people come to your house in order for your own self-aggrandizement. I get to, you know, everyone has to hear me sing and everybody has to hear my, my, my brilliant Divrei Taira and my Aris on the Parsha. A person is coming to your house, they want to get a meal. Obviously, they're also interested in your company and whatever, but the main thing is they want, they're, they're, they want, they, they, they have needs. They're human beings that come into our homes, they have needs. What's our kabon when we invite them? Are we thinking about ourselves? You know, we got to, you know, feel good about ourselves. We're having company, rich, poor, Bakram, old, young, but we're the ones that are in a fortunate situation that we're able to take them in? Or is it really for them? I'm not caring about myself. I want to be Machnes I want to take you into my house and take care of you. This is always the question that sort of hangs in the air when a person invites guests over. What's your kavanah? Is your kavana really like Avram Avinu that you care about the Archim? You'll take an Arab that's even up by the Zara into your house. You don't care about who they are, what they are, how it looks, what the neighbors are going to say. I'm doing it for them, or is it about me? I'm doing it basically for me. That's my mitzvah Nazarachim, which is obviously a much lower level, superficial type of Nazarachim. What's the mivchan? What's the test, the litmus test, in order to see what my kavanah is? Achila, shtia, no, that's not really so apparent what my kavanah is. I don't know. You know, it's not clear. We have delicious food. Maybe that's because I really care about the archim and because I'm really, you know, making sure that they're taken care of. Or maybe it's really for me. I'm the one that's serving delicious food. You owe me. You're coming to my house. Maybe you're going to one day have to repay me for this in some form. Or I get to feel like I'm the chashu of all of us and you are lesser so because you are needy and I'm not. A lot of different kavanas could be going through people's heads when they're machnasayim. The main mivchan of achnasas archim is seen and is visible and is evident at the end of the meal as a person is melabe the guest out. If your kavano is really all about you, so then I don't want to necessarily escort. You're done. As soon as the meal is over, you bench and you go home because I have no more enough for me. I have no more use for you. Because, you know, I don't want to go out in the cold or the rain or the heat. I'm very happy where I am. I'm in an air-conditioned home. It's good. It's heated. It's fine. It's good. I'm done with you. Go home, leave. When a person goes, like an Avram Avinu, and he takes those Archim, and he's malabar them after the meal, outside into the scorching heat, and he says to them, whether the Farish or not, thank you for coming, and I hope that you get home well, and that's the direction you're going to want to take to get home. When a person does that, that shows that the entire Hachnasus Archim, the entire Achila and Shia, that whole experience was one that I had in mind you. You were my primary concern. I care about you. I want to feed you. I want to give you to drink. And then I want to take care of your welfare even beyond. Whatever I can do for you, I'm walking out with you. The Emek Bracha says that the mitzvah of Levoy, which is, which is walking at a minimum of Dalad Amis, is outside of your house. Meaning, let's say I have a very big house and I get up from the dining room table with you and I walk Dalad Amis through my, you know, hall. 
through my front hallway, but I don't actually leave the house, that's not the mitzvah of Levaya. Levaya has to be outside of your house. And I believe that in a certain way, that's sort of symbolic, that I am prepared to leave my comfort zone. I am prepared to go outside of my own Dalit Amis for you. I'm leaving who I am for you. I'm not trying to do this for me. It's all for you. I'm giving you of me. That's why it's called Hachmasa Sarchem. It's not called Halvaya Sarchem. Because Levaya is really only at the end, but the pasture of Levaya really begins from the Hachmasa. It's not just at the end. The end is just the last stage, but the Levaya, that pasture that I'm escorting you, that you're the main person, that I'm following you, you're taking the lead, that starts at the beginning of the Achnasa. From the very moment that a person comes into my house, I should already be leaving my Dalit Amis, my personal comfort zone, and taking care of you. In fact, the Magen Avram says that when a person is a host, the, the host himself, says the Magen Avram, if you want to look it up, it's in Simon Kuf Ayin, the host himself has to serve the guests, should be serving the guests, not your wife, not your kids, not one of the guests, but the host, should be getting up and doling out the cholent and doling out the, the pastrami and the kogol himself. If you read a lot of these stories of Gedalim, of course, the one that comes to mind the most of all the great people in America that were Machmas Eirech was, of course, Yerb Yaakov Yisrael who was, you know, the, bo- the book is called All for the Boss. And you see their tremendous stories about how he was Machmas Eirech and, you know, poor people, Gedalim, rich people, whoever it was, anyone that came to his door, how great he was. And the story's always, he's always the one that's serving personally B'chvay Delatzvich from Mekayim Nismag and Avram. But this Mag and Avram, it's like, it's like I'm serving you, I'm escorting you at every single moment. Since you come into the house, I'm taking care of you. The Achnasis Archim is the Levaya. Levaya isn't only at the end. Obviously, that's the, that's the main mitzvah, is to escort. But it really, it shows, it's Myra, it, it's, the one that, it's the one part of the mitzvah Achnasis Archim which makes clear my entire t- intentions from the beginning, what I really wanted out of the mitzvah. Was it for me or was it from you? You know, there's a, a well-known story about the Rav of Lodz. His name is Eliachayim Meisels. And one time, he was going to collect money um, to buy firewood for the poor people of the city of Lodz. And Rebel Yechayim knocks on the door of a very wealthy man's house, and it was in the middle of the, the winter, and it was frigid outside. And so the butler comes to the door and says, Oh, Rabbi, how are you? Please come in. He says, no, tell, tell uh, you know, Mr. Goldberg that you know, the rabbi of Lodge is here to see him. He says, yeah, okay, but, but come in in the meantime. It's so cold. No, no, I'll stand outside. Thank you. Anyway, finally, the Balabayas, who was sitting by, you know, in a smoking jacket in the salon by the, by, the, uh, by the warm, crackling fireplace, he really didn't want to leave and go anywhere near the front door of the house. It was so cold. But finally, the rabbi is here, so he has to go. So he goes to the front door. He says, Rabbi, come inside. He says, yes, soon. Just come outside for a second first. I want to talk to you about something. He says, it's freezing out there. I'm not really dressed. He says, it'll only take a few minutes. So he comes outside. His teeth are, like, chattering. And he's, like, frigid. He's, like, his body's shaking. He says, Rabbi, what, what can I do for you? He says, there are poor people in town. He says, yeah, I know, I know. He says, let, let me finish. It says there are poor people in town that are freezing cold and they need firewood to, in order to heat up their fireplaces and their furnaces and it's expensive for them, they can't afford it. He says, Rabbi, let's continue the conversation. He says, no, 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 don't. And he says, you know, there's so many Aniyam in town and there's, you know, dozens and dozens of families, they don't know how they're going to get their firewood. He says, Rabbi, whatever you want, I'll give you, just let's go inside. Finally, he pulls the rabbi in and they sit by the, by the, by the fireplace 
and they schmooze a little bit. He says, Rabbi, why should you make me go outside? He says, you know that I'm generous. You know that I'll give you whatever you want. He says, I know. He says, but I wanted you, before you write out your check, I wanted you to feel a little bit what it's like to be freezing cold in the winter, so that you should understand what you're giving your tzedakah to. Sometimes it's important to be able to go outside of your Dalit Amas, to be able to go outside of your comfort zone, because then you really are able to be sensitive to the needs of, your, of the people that you're, that you're taking care of. Levaya is that. Levaya is, it might be freezing outside, but I'm going to go out with you. It might be boiling outside, I'm going to go, it might be raining, windy, terrible conditions outside, but that's what you are to me. I care about you. I'm taking you into my home. I'm taking care of you until the end. And the whole surah, the whole mahus of my mitzvah, Achim, is one of Levaya. I'm escorting you. I'm taking, you're not behind me. I'm behind you. I'm following you. I'm serving you. Like the Magen Avram says, I'm taking care of your needs. There's Paiskim that say that when, a, when an Ani, when a, not an Ani, when an Irea comes into your house, you have to, I think the Mishnabur brings it down, you have to show, you have to show them where the Beis HaKisei is in the house. So it's not uncomfortable for them when they need to go, but they should be fully aware, they should know the terrain. Why do you do it? Because you want them to feel at home. You're their guest. You're serving them. That's how Achnasas Archim should be in, a, in an optimal way. The Mishnabura in Simon Reisha in Aleph says that the mecha, on the Mechaber that says that when you come home Friday night you should make Kiddush right away. So the Mishnabura says that in order that it's clear when you come home that it's Shabbos, you should make Kiddush as soon as early as possible. You, should make, you shouldn't start sitting down on the couch and schmoozing, reading a paper. You should right away go and make Kiddush with Kavit Shabbos. And once you make Kiddush, of course, you have to eat right away. Now let's say you're not hungry. Let's say you ate you know, a little late on Friday afternoon, you're full, and you're not so hungry and you don't want to eat right away. So if you're not so hungry, then you can hold off of being Makadish until you get a little hungrier. And then the Mishnabura qualifies this, and he says, but that's only where, let's say, you're alone. But if you have a wife, and if you have servants, and if you have guests, and they didn't eat anything yet, and they're probably very hungry, then you have to eat, you have to wash, make Kiddush, eat right away. You shouldn't wait. Just because you want to be Mekayim, a Mitzvah, and Amukhar, the Mishnah Baruch says, because you want to make Kiddush only when you're good and hungry, what about all the people that are waiting for you? He says the same thing in the Mishnah right away, by Hilchah Sukkah. The first night of Sukkah, we know we have to, you know, wait for the rain to stop. He says, that's only if you don't have people that are hungry. If you have people that are dependent on you, and they're hungry, and they're starving, then you can't wait. You have to right away make Kiddush and the Sukkah, and then go and eat inside your house. Because... When you have Archem, you are beholden to them. You have to be Malava the Archem. The Archem are the Iker. You're not the one that's the king and they're here to be your servants and to be your, you know, to be your entourage. You're here to serve them. Like Avraham Avinu was serving and doing everything that he could to make these Archem as comfortable as possible from beginning to end. That's the mitzvah of Achmaz's Archem, which is characterized by Levaya. Levaya is the main part of it because it shows what your intentions were. It's known that the Chavitz Chaim used to, when he was Malava, when, when guests used to come to his house, he used to not make, not sing Shalom Aleichem right away. Everyone in America, everyone in the world, come home, he starts singing Shalom Aleichem, Eishas Chayel, you know, if you're a Hasidish, you'll say, you know, Riva Kalai Lamim, etc., and that takes time. It takes time. By the time you finish with that, it's a good 10, 15 minutes later. The Mishabura would right away, the Chavetz Chaim would invite guests in. They'd go and they'd make Kiddush and wash and eat immediately. And after they started eating challah and they started eating their fish and people were comfortable in their stomach, then he started singing Shalom Aleichem. And they asked the Rebbe, isn't the minute to sing Shalom Aleichem before the Suda? He says, who are we singing Shalom Aleichem to? 
We're singing to the Malachim. Malachim, we know from this week's parasha, they don't eat and they don't drink. They don't, they don't eat it. He says, I have human beings over here that do eat and drink and they're hungry. He says, so let the angels wait a little bit. And once the angels, once, once my human beings who need to eat and drink, they're taken care of, now I'll sing Shalom Aleichem to the angels. But to uh, sing Shalom Aleichem while my, while my human beings are, are starving, that's not appropriate. This is a sensitivity that we have to have when we have Archim on Shabbos and, and anytime else. There's a great story that's told about the um, Chavitz Chaim as well. Chavitz Chaim had a nephew, and the nephew was on a train going home wherever he lived. And it was already late, the trains were delayed for some reason, and it was getting very close to Shabbos. So one of the stops on the train before his town, a couple of stops before that, was the city of Radin, where his uncle, the Chavitz Chaim, of course, lived. And this nephew decides he's going to get off at Radin, he doesn't want to take any chances, and he's going to spend Shabbos by the Chavitz Chaim. He came into the Chavitz Chaim's house like within an hour before Mincha on Shabbos. The Rebbetzin was very, very happy to see him, and she, you know, took his suitcase and she put it down. She made a nice couch ready for him. And she says, the Chavetz Chaim already went to Shul. He gives a shir before Mincha. Lie down, rest, and whenever you wake up, you know, then, you know, everything will be good. So he goes, he lies down on the couch. And then he wakes up. He wakes up, and the Chavetz Chaim, you know, says Shalom Aleichem to him, go wash Nagel Vaster, and, you know, we're going to start the Suda. Okay, so the Chav- then the Rebetzin came out, and, and, and some of the Chavetz Chaim's children were home for Shabbos, and they made a beautiful Suda Friday night, and they sang Shalom Aleichem, and they did this, they did everything, the whole nine yards, to Vrei Taira, and, and then they benched. And the Chavetz Chaim, you know, went to sleep, and, and the Rebetzin went to sleep. And this boy wasn't so, you know, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't tired. So he went to sit in the kitchen. And he sees that there's a clock in the kitchen. This is right after they finished benching. Everybody retired to their own rooms. There's a clock in the kitchen, and the clock said that it was 4 o'clock. And it was, it was dark out, so it was obviously 4 o'clock in the morning. And he says, so strange. He says, that clock must be wrong. Because, you know, the Suda is an early Shabbos. You know, we made Shabbos at, uh, you know, Chavis Chaim came home from Shul. It was probably like 6 o'clock at night, you know. So now it's probably 8 o'clock at night. How's the clock saying 4 o'clock in the morning? He's very confused. Anyway, he went to sleep. The next morning he wakes up. And, you know, when he gets a chance, he asks the rabbit, he says, is that clock in the kitchen right? Says, she says, yeah. He says, well... It says, when I, right after the suit, it's at 4 o'clock in the morning. So she says, I'll tell you the story. She says, the Chavetz Chaim came home from Shul. And I told him that we have a special guest. Our nephew is here for Shabbos. He came from a long trip. He's very tired. He's lied down on the couch. And the Chavetz, and he, she said, let's, you know, wake him and start the suit. He says, Chas He's probably exhausted from his trip. Let him sleep. So maybe he'll wake up soon. But you didn't wake up. So it was 6 o'clock, it was 7 o'clock, it was 8 o'clock. Finally, you know, we were getting hungry. So my son made Kiddush for me. Chavetz Chaim said to me, and then Chavetz Chaim said, I'm going to stay up. And I'll wait for him to wake up. And when you wake up, whenever, whenever our nephew wakes up, then I'll wake you up with your permission. And we'll, we'll make, make us do the Shabbos. You woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Chavetz Chaim didn't eat. He waited for you to eat. He made Kiddush. He ate. He woke us up. He, had a, he simulated as if it was a regular Friday night too, even though it happened at 3 o'clock in the morning. So then he went. He was exhausted. He went to sleep right after benching. And that's the story. Had this boy not gone to the kitchen, no one would have ever told him about this mythos. This is Hachnasas Archim in its perfect form. Hachnasas Archim is not about me. If, I'm, if, if it was me, if I was a Chavetz Chaim, which obviously I'm not, I would, you know, I would say, all right, listen, you know, it's my Suda, it's my Shabbos, 
I worked hard the whole week. I want to have a nice Shabbos. Here this nephew comes. And either let's make Kiddush with that. You know, we'll eat with that. And whenever he gets up, we can have our scraps. Or, you know, or wake him up. Wake the kid up. Why do I have to, you know, I'm 90 years old. He's, he's 15 years old. Wake the kid up. Why do I have to be beholden to him? The answer is that we have the wrong notion of Achnaz's Achim. In our minds, Achnaz's Achim is about me. It's about me, and there are Archim sitting at the I'm the guy that gets the seat with the, you know, with the arms on it, the Chashavah seat. They are beholden to me. I'm at the boss. They're like the, you know, I'm the CEO, and everybody else is, you know, is, is, is not schleppers. I'm the, but I'm the man. They don't have the right to, to dictate the terms of how I eat and how I don't eat, when I eat and when I start, when I finish. I'm the boss. But you see, from these stories, from these Mishnah Burus, from these Magen Avrams, how that's not the posture of Achnas Azarchem. Achnas Azarchem typed up, summarized in one word, the Mitzvah Achnas Azarchem is Levayot. It's the escorting of a person from beginning to end. You are leading. Escorting means I'm escorting you. What does that mean? It means that, that you're the main person. I'm your entourage. I am here for you. I am leaving my Dalit Amis, my comfort zone. I'm prepared to leave it in order to acclimate your needs. Whatever your needs may be, I'm taking care of. The eating, the drinking, but more than that, the making you feel important, which is what Leviah is all about. When you are escorted outside of, your, of, of the home, it means that I'm important. It means I feel good about myself. It means that the, the mission was accomplished. You have made a person not only feeling good about himself, begashmius, that he walks out and feels comfortable in his stomach astronomically, but also spiritually, I feel whole, I feel complete. The mitzvah of Levaya is related to the mitzvah that we find in the Gemara in Saita, when the Gemara is speaking about Egla Rufa, and that the Taina, the reason why Bestin has to, you know, has to make some verbal declaration of that we didn't spill the person who was found dead near our city's blood is that we didn't see him and give him to eat and not escort him. We escorted him. We made him feel you know, good and, and, and that's why we're not responsible because we escorted him. If we would have known, if we had a guest, we escorted him every single time. The morale explains why is it so important to escort somebody out what does it do? If I walk him down on the side of his house, how does that prevent a murder from happening? A murder wouldn't have happened either way. If a guy's walking, a guy's like a wimpy guy, and he's like, and you know, and it looks like he might have some money on him. So a mugger is going to come and a mugger. What difference if I walk him for for on the side of my house or not? How does that protect him in any which way? So I think the Maral says that when a person is escorted out of his house, it means that it makes him feel good. He feels like somebody actually cared about him to walk him out of his house. And now when he walks on the road beyond that Dalit Amis, even though he's alone, but he has a certain shulstim, he has a certain surah, he has a pasture, like he's walking straight and firm and erect because he feels, you know, that somebody actually cares about me. And when a mother sees a guy walking like that, they stay away from him. If a guy is walking like a schlepper and bedraggled and like Nebuch, you know, oh, he's a good target, he's a good victim. But if a person's walking like, you know, feeling good and tough and, and strong, then no one's going to start with him. The mitzvah of Levaya injects in a person the feeling like, I count, I mean something. Somebody cared enough about me to invite me to his house, not because he wanted a guest, but because I was important, I'm a VIP, and he catered to me, not only inside the house, but outside of the house. That gives a person a feeling of, a warm feeling that somebody else cares about me in life. And that's so critical, it's so critical for us to remember. Remendel Kaplan was one of the great Rosh Yeshivas in Philadelphia, and before that in Chicago. There's a great biography about him. We have it in the library here. It's called Remendel and His Wisdom. It's, a, it's very highly recommended. He's such a, a, a special, a special mechanic and a brilliant going and learning as well. And every ni'ila in Philly 
Rebel Yisrael used to repeat what we used to say over this story about Remendel. And he used to cry. Remendel used to be a Machnesayah like on par with, with All for the Boss, with Yaakov Yisrael. Tremendous Machnesayah. But he didn't invite people like you and I like to invite over to our house, you know, friends of ours and guests, of, you know, friends, tell me them, and, you know, people that are, people that are, you know, hush of a people that smell good, that look good. He invited every single Nebuch person that he could put in his house, he did. People that were bums, people that were like, you know, like he found literally on the street and that their bodies reeked. They hadn't taken showers in weeks. He would invite them into his house and give them chill and give them schnapps and give them yayin and, and make them feel as good as they could about themselves. They were yidden, didn't matter. Every single week. And it was very, very, it was a beautiful thing that he did, but it was very hard on the family. And his daughter once came to him and said, she said, Tati, listen, I love you, and I know that you're the world's biggest tzaddik. But I'll tell you the truth. She says, I can't do this anymore. I can't sit next to people that smell and that reek and that are completely unkempt. I, I can't do this. I want to have a normal Shabbos once in a while. Once in a while, I want to have a Shabbos that I could sit with my father, with my mother, with my brothers and sisters, have a, just a nice Shabbos meal like all my friends have. Why do I have to be the lucky person that gets homeless people sitting all around me every single Shabbos and I can't take it anymore? I'm sick, I'm nauseous, I can't stand it. Please, you've got to think about this and stop it. And there's something to that. There's definitely, you know, I don't know if the daughter was wrong. But listen to her of Mendel said to her. He said, my daughter, I love you and I understand you. He says, but I want you to know something. We're going to go up to Shemayim someday. And we're also going to reap. Because we have done a lot of things that are unbecoming. And... We're not going to smell like perfume, and we're not going to smell so clean, and we're not going to look like we're showered and shaved. We're going to look quite the opposite. And naturally, the Rabbi Shalom just might say, you smell. And I don't want you in my mechitzas. Go somewhere else, but you're not, you're not invited into, in, into Elam Haba. He says, maybe, just maybe, in this chus that we go out of our way to accept and to greet people that are like this into our homes on Shabbos, maybe the Yom Shekulei Shabbos, maybe we will be able to be invited into the Mechitzas of the Rabbi Shalom. When I was a chassan on the Shabbos of my Afro, so my parents made me a, a beautiful Afro in Long Beach, and um, I remember that it was in the summer, so the caterer made like a special, like a, like a beautiful soup. And like, you know, people were talking about it for a long time afterwards. It was a beautiful, really beautiful Shabbos. And I was sitting at a table with my friends. And, you know, my parents had their friends, and, and my in-laws were there. And it was a very beautiful affair. And... Shabbos day, right by the beginning of the Suda, there was a man that walks into the room. And he had, I'll never forget, he was a gingy, had an orange beard and an orange hair. And I'd never seen him before in Long Beach. Long Beach is not a very big community. And you basically pretty much know everybody there. I never saw this year before in my life. And he was wearing torn and tattered clothing. And he was hungry. So my mother, Zolgazenzain, who's a tremendous tzaddikis, she goes over to him and, you know, she was with her signature, good cheer. She's like speaking to him and, you know, a smile is creeping onto his face. And all of a sudden, she brings him, of all places, to my table and she puts him right next to me. And 
I started being able to identify with the daughter of Mendel Kaplan because the smell and uh, the whole, it, was, it wasn't Shaykh. And I had a choice to make. I could have said, Ma, you know, what are you doing? You know, this is my offer. Of, I have my friends here. I want. And I didn't say anything. And instead, I walked his face, and he felt like a million bucks because he never was invited. If anyone ever invited him, it was like they gave him a plate and they asked him to sit in another room outside. To sit in a room with other people and to sit right next to the person on his afraf was like for him, like mamish ayolam haba. And he sat there and he talked to us and we talked to him and we made him feel good and he made us feel good. And he really transformed the Simcha in a way that I, couldn't, I can't even describe. And I always say that if there's any schus that I have in my life, in any form of Atzlacha, whether it's with my family, with my children, maybe with Talmidim, in any which way, I, all, I assign it all to that one Shabbos, that one Misa. That's because of my mother. But that is Ayolam Haba. Ayolam Haba is going out of your Dalit Amis, being able to break the natural boundaries that we're comfortable in. We're comfortable in our own home, we're comfortable in our own chair, with our own family. It's not always comfortable, it's not always easy, it's not always possible even, to invite people that are strangers, that are not friends, that are not family, that are a little bit, you know, different than us. But that's the mitzvah in a nutshell. It's the mitzvah of Levaya. It's making a person feel special. It's giving the person the strength and the fortitude to go on beyond your house. It's not about me feeling good about having guests. It's about what am I doing in terms of my guests feeling good about themselves and having confidence to go weiter in life beyond my daladamus. That's the mitzvah of and the Mitzvah Chazarachim is even before you're married, even before you have your own home or your own apartment. The Mitzvah Chazarachim is every day in our life. Wherever we have a Dalit Amis, wherever we are, that is our tent. And that is what we have to take people into our tent. Be Makarid people, whether they're from or not from, whether they're brothers, whether they are cousins, whether they are complete strangers. <coughs> We have to make sure to make people feel good about themselves, not because we want to feel good about us and how it appears, because many times it doesn't look so good. If there's a guy that's not so popular in yeshiva sitting alone, you know, in the dining room, in yeshiva on Shabbos, and I go over to him and I start schmoozing with him, and my friends are, hey, you know, Bamberger, come to us. Like, you know, come on, we're, you know, what about us? I'm not, I want to sit next to him. Okay, fine. You sure that's your choice? Yeah, that's my choice. Doesn't look good for me. Doesn't, you know, it's not going to do wonders for my popularity in yeshiva. But it's not about me. Hachnasas Archem means that I move my tent over to wherever it's needed, wherever I can really make a difference in somebody else's life, wherever I can be malavis somebody so that they feel confident and they feel good about themselves. That's the mitzvah Archem. That's what Avraham Avinu teaches us. That it's not about us. Avram Avinu, on the Yom Shlishi Vemilosai, the hardest day after the bris meal, the third day, and it wasn't a, he wasn't an eight-year-old, eight-year-old baby. He was very, very old, Avram Avinu. And still, he wanted to go outside on the heat of the scorchingest day in the universe, in the history of the world. He made it so hot but Abraham Avinu wasn't caring about his own personal feelings. Abraham Avinu cared about the Archim. What are the Archim going to do? It's irrelevant that I am not feeling well. It's not about me. It's about the Archim. The Archim still need, still need to eat whether Abraham feels good or not. There are people out there that need me. I have to cater to them. And that's the chayk that the Ramam writes about. This is the chayk that Abraham Avinu is chakak for us. 
the Levaya aspect, not the Achil and Shtia. That might have been for Abraham Avinu's own thing. He was inside the tent, he was hungry also, with delicious food. But the mitzvah of Levaya that Abraham Avinu performed showed the greatness of Abraham Avinu, how his real intention was for only the Archim. From the beginning, from the Achnasa to the very bitter end of the, of the experience, Abraham Avinu was all in for the Archim. And that's why I believe the Gra, with that story about the Eshel, without the Lamed, I'm not saying that he deserved the fire and why we understand why he deserved the fire for just Achil and Shtiach, but certainly the Mitzvah Levayah, if he didn't do the Levoy, he didn't have a shmir on his house because of Achnasach, and because without the Lamed, all you're left with was, is Esh. Achnasach's Archim without the Lamed, without the Levayah element, means that you did it for your own fire. You had a passionate love for yourself and for your own covet and for your own good feeling. And I'm the Machnasach, I'm the Balabas. The Lamed shows that it's not the fire, the passion of me that burns. But rather, I'm here to be Malava you. What the passion is, is all transformed into a passion for the Iraya. This is the Yisai that Avraham Avinu teaches us, the beautiful Yisai, the beautiful lessons that we learn through our Abbas, and how we have to apply it in any which way to our own lives. The person has to ask himself, when will I be able to attain the heights, the great heights of our Abbas? Obviously, we're not our Abbas. The Abbas were giants beyond any way of fathoming what a giant could be. As great as any Gobble book that we read is, Avraham Avinu was light years away from them. And certainly those G'dayim were light years away from, but in our own little way, with our own little steps, we're able to transform ourselves slowly to becoming on the path of the others, to be Makarid people, to make people feel good about themselves, to give people support, strength, help, guidance in any form, in any way. This is the mitzvah of which is characterized by the mitzvah of Levayo, to escort a person, to give person the feeling that somebody genuinely cares about them. Have a good chance.